Come in. There we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to United We Nerd. This is a special uh, part two of our Dungeons and Dragons or tabletop conversation. We did a part one, and some of our guests are actually returning this time, and we're going to have two new guests as well. So just quick introductions. I'm Joel, one of the co-hosts, one of the other co-hosts, whose name is... Brian, hello. Welcome back. For our guests, can you guys uh, introduce yourselves? I'll say your name, what order you can go, and just uh, maybe drop a quick uh, favorite thing your character, your current character would do. So in, let's have uh, let's go Kappa, Esprit, and then Kitty. Uh, sure. Yeah. Hello, my name is Christian, best known on the internet as Kappa. Um, I'll do all my plugs later. Uh, current character, I don't. I don't know. Right now, most of my productions are either finished or on hiatus. Um, so I re don't really have a character right now. That's kind of interesting. That's the first time this has ever happened. A dormant character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, my play style and, and, and all that stuff, I, I think a running theme of my character is, uh, uh, of any of my characters, is um, to, uh, <laughs> to be untrusting of themselves. I guess. Oh, yeah. that's okay. something that something that, that that I feel like is a through line for all of my characters. So, just plug that in to any character that I'm playing at one point or another. That's actually really interesting. Just kind of like having a character that's more like introspective on their journey, instead of kind of like not like the, I feel like the trope for a lot of like tabletop and like D and D is characters that are untrusting of like others. Where it's like not too often I hear about characters that don't trust like themselves and like they are very kind of unsure about their own potential. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I guess I'll go next. Uh, I'm Adam, and uh, my character is a spree. Been playing him for what eight years now. Pretty much the only character I've been playing. Uh, I mean, I played a couple of other characters that died off really quickly in other campaigns, but uh, he is the main one. And he, you know, the main backstory is he's a paladin. I mean, what else do you need to know, right? <laughs> and he's broken. He's bro There's some context that's missing. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> and uh, hey, I'm Matt. Um, I guess my current character fanty would just shoot something with the machine gun <laughs> shotgun uh yeah it would shoot a shotgun in a very scientific way click boom. Oh, that, that, that's true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> with great intensity <laughs> you also have your turtle mm-hmm the turtle he just hurts himself to heal <laughs> all right thank you guys again for returning and thank you to our new guests who are here today to chat about tabletop and D D and everything uh, we've had so much fun over the years playing you know adam has literally been a spree like the, all these years i just like occurred to me right now um a fun question i'll uh start with you uh, uh, for you adam and our guest who's gonna show up later um before we get into these questions that uh kappa here is um Given to us, given to us for a deep dive, is Ooh. would you take a selfie with a spree? Would I? 
I mean, a spree, yes, I would take a selfie with a, with a spree. I mean, I feel like a spree is just me in general. Uh, it, I thought it was always interesting, uh, you know, Sarah, you know, <laughs> when she wrote her paper all those years ago, she asked the question to the group, you know, what kind of character do you, why do you play your character? And everyone else in the group always said they wanted to be something, you know, that they could never be or something else. And mine was the only one that said, I wanted to play myself. So. <laughs> uh, for a little bit of context, Sarah, my wife, she plays uh, this rogue, like magic no. fielder, play dancer character named Nymeria. Wizard. That's a wizard. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> wizard, play, yeah, play dancers are wizards. This whole time, uh, <laughs> there's no bitterness at all. Uh, but yes, she's yeah, she's technically a wizard now that just tears tears it up. She um, does a lot of good work too. Like I believe, like just most recently, she has become like the tank of our group. It's amazing. A wizard mm-hmm. tank. Interesting. Um, she she destroys so many people for us. It's out of this world. Game changer. Right, uh, let's just dive into these questions you you brought for us, Cap, because we did like a kind of loose, you know. Yeah, and that, that was awesome. That was so much fun. Just just being able to just just embellish and everything. Everyone, everyone's done. But uh, he suggested we do a deep dive. I'm like, well, shit. Let me bring on the people I've been playing with for a while, as well as the two dungeon masters who kind of led the way for me to become a DM as well or GM. Hell yeah! So they uh, definitely shaped the way I play, and of course, we still play together occasionally and hilarity epicness sadness ensues um let's start with uh let's see what you put her all right let's start with i'll go the other way this time let's start with uh in this order kitty sp kappa Brian, and then me like your play style or like your dungeon master style what is it and why is it important uh, hmm, all right. So I think my play style or Dungeon Master style would be more of just like, I really like role playing. And for DMing, I really like rules light uh, kind of style. Just like, if that sounds cool, go for it. We'll make it work in the story somehow. Um, that kind of developed over time, which I think I have the most fun with. But uh, yeah. But then sometimes it's like fun to do like the number crunchy stuff and, you know, try to min-max your stats to try to see like what would uh, be the best combinations, that sort of thing. But I tend to lean towards like the role-playing and that sort of thing. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> is it me or is it you? I think it's you. Oh, it's me. Oh, shit. Okay, my bad. <laughs> oh, dang. Uh, I'm, I'm here like, <laughs> just so interested in it, uh, what everyone's got to say um so yeah my play style and my dm style is kind of similar to yours um that, that you just said just kind of uh role play heavy that's where i prefer to live but that's not to say that i can't go into the other direction that's just kind of like what i do um when when i'm at the helm of things um i think my style like my my, my legitimate uh play style is to react and build up and build up on energy that 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 is presented. So like if someone is like, let's go do do something, or they're like, yes, we'll do that. We'll follow that thread and then uh, see where our characters go in that in that thread. Or if the GM is like, oh, like like you you see you see this path before. I'm like, all right, cool. What's it like? What give me the energy? And then I'll and I'll, I'll accept that energy 
the, those, those narrative points and kind of amplify them. And I do the same thing as a GM too. Like if whatever my players want to explore, I'm like, yes, let's, let's pull on that. Let's pull on that thread. Let's, I react to their energy. There are a few times where I, you know, do initiate narrative plot points and, and jokes and storylines and dialogue, but I feel most comfortable trying to amplify the energy that's already at the table, whether it's in the play, the player or the GM seat. Right. Just like basically just enhancing the experience that's already being had, you know, just kind of being an additional source of energy that with the energy that's being given towards you or being like shared amongst the group. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like you, you hit the nail on the head perfectly. Like, um, and, and that, that's, that's where I sort of default to. That's where, that's where my style defaults to. Um, I try my best to do other stuff, but you know, if, if I'm just, if I'm just trying to have a good time, that's where I relax at. I think I'm a little, uh, I would say about 80% on the other spectrum. I like rules and strictly for the uh, reason uh, I like to know what I'm able to do. So a lot of people, you know, like, you know, as far as their stats go, so say like their strength, they want to be able to break down doors, you know, intelligence wise, you're, you're, a lot of people like the metagame. I like to know what my character's limits are and then play from that too. Uh, as far as DMing goes too, I'm also on the more... I don't like combat as much as I used to, but I still like it, uh, like numbers as far as like, how far can a character actually jump on the board? Like if you see like three squares, you're actually not jumping 15 feet that well. You're, you're actually jumping like, you know, five feet, you know, one square with all the armor on. So I need to be able to like, to create a world, I need to know some like physics or still there. Right. Like you want, you want it to, you still want that like fantasy feeling, but you also kind of want to try to base it more in, in a realistic standpoint. So it can like kind of push the idea of the world forward and make it kind of more like, a, like easier to kind of process exactly. just like, like everything like in space. That's really in, like really interesting to me um, because it plays more like a board game that way. As opposed yeah. to uh, as opposed to the group telling this fantastical anime styles like like, like anime story. Everybody's right? dashing everywhere. Yeah, oh, trust me, we still around. let a lot of it go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, there, there's but, room for both of these things yeah. in both of the, uh, the the rules light or the crunchy play styles. I think that's super interesting. I I, I love that. Well, I guess I guess for me, it's kind of it's kind of hard to say because. I feel like every time I play, I kind of, I try playing a little differently each time. Uh, I guess what I should say is because when I first started playing D&D, I was kind of just like, okay, I'm just going to play the game, like play the game of D&D, you know, and I didn't like put any like forward, like thought of like, okay, like how should my character do this? Like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to roll this dice and I need to attack something and I need to like check these numbers and like just figure it out. So like over time, I'm kind of growing like my play style in a way. So we're now my play style is more like I want to have more of that kind of character integration. I kind of want to have my character be something in this world that we are making 
and less so worried about okay what it's like what attacks can my character do it's like no what can like my character do as like a person in this place and then of course depending on which character you play they're going to interact differently it's going to be interesting i'm going to be interested in this conversation just because i what I talked a little bit about last time is that I'm going to try to step my foot into the DM or GM um, position in the future. So I will be very interested to uh, hear about that conversation in this uh, episode. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm just like a more go with the flow kind of player for the most part. And for lack of a better term, I'm like, just like, let's see what happens. You know, let's just see how it feels. Yeah, first time DM, I would say best experience or best uh, advice I can give you is just say just say yes and go with it. <laughs> just yep. go with the flow. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Uh, definitely <laughs> building on that. Uh, that's something like I kind of mentioned it last time, but yeah, like I <laughs> I was pretty rules heavy in the beginning as far as DMing goes. It's like no, you can't. No, no, no. Especially to Adam over here, he's making a face. Uh, so, I don't know about yeah. what, what, these rules were so consistent over here. Um, but I was very no, 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 because I was purposely being a dick. But for time, I mean, it wasn't just to him, too. Like, I was like, oh, I don't know if your character can do that. Um, and then I kind of learned, like, oh, it's not really that fun that way. Um, and, you know, the attitude kind of changes when you say no a lot. Uh, and then it evolved to be like, okay, let's do the outlandish anime things. Let's do some crazy stuff. And depending on what it is, you know, I'll, I'll try to weave in like, mm, you need a little bit more or give me something like I lean into the role play. Like, give me like a battle cry. Give me something epic. Give me a cool action move. It's definitely something I've been ad- adopting more and implementing more, I think. And I've just been enjoying it too, because when, when you do say yes, the ridiculous shit flows and it can make or break the game. And either way, everyone has a great time and it's just, just a good move to do. I'm um, I'm like I'm like I'm with you on that. Saying no feels really bad, you know. Like if someone sets off a fireball in the room, fireball is thirty foot radius. It's like okay, well they're thirty five feet away. It shows they're on the board. They're seven squares away. They'll, they'll take the damage. Like like just your intention is to do this, and you're you would have known to put, throw that fireball a little bit closer, or they're close enough that fire's fucking hot. You know, like you don't have to be in it to feel it, right? So that 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 I'm. I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing where you're, where you're drawing those lines, Joel. A perfect example of, of uh, sorry, I just want to like bring this up because this happened literally last week where we had we were playing Joel's uh, Mass Effect D and D, and literally one of our player characters, while um, Sarah's character was basically getting stomped on by three Krogans, um, our Geth uh, player decided to pull out his grenade launcher and be like, I'm just going to like clear out all the enemies around her and like shot. And like, wait, she's prone on the ground in the blast radius, pretty much essentially almost like killing her. It's like, this is kind of, it's like, this is kind of like reality for like, they have to like within reason, you know, work around situations like that. Yeah. And at the same time, like, you guys, at least for the campaigns I have played, and from past to present, like, you kind of, like, sometimes they give you guys warning signs, but that's kind of not fun, too. Like, are you sure? Like, Adam has been, been like, wait, too, are you sure? There, I think of a key moment. I'll bring it up in a second. But it's like, are you sure you want to do this? And most of the time, it's like, yes. And they're not thinking about, like, you know, the fireball, the grenade launcher, the pitfall. And it, it's 
as heartbreaking as it is, it makes the game like more immersive. They make them more feel like they're yeah, they're just they're in it. They're like the reality of the actions they're taking. It's just it's great stuff, you know. <laughs> um, as far as what I'm talking with Adam, my first evil character, uh, they kept I walked with him and Fernando. We were fighting, we we're evil, and then they kept saying, Do you want power? And I was like, Yes, give me all the power. And then they just <laughs> killed my character to make him better later. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. It was named Striker Eurecon after Striker Eureka from Pacific Rim. Nice, uh, but yeah, just not thinking like, oh, it, everything's gonna be okay. But uh, think about it. Yeah, they, he, the character basically just followed the guy into a dark room, and just you know, that was the end of him. <laughs> like all the warning signs were there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But I was like, yes, yes, give me all the power. <laughs> it's a, bit, a very shady guy, you know. Was hell is shady. That um, kind of reminds me of like a DM tip. I think. Yes, you should say yes to your players, but you should add either like a yes, but or yeah. yes, and so like if they're doing something like that's going to break your game or like you're like, mm, maybe that's not the best idea, like you can punish them still and let them do the thing. But like say, oh, you're going to try to like rescue, I don't know, whoever from the town, but you're going to upset all these guards and they're, you're going to have to deal with that now. So just things that like keep adding to the story but i also like think about like my players too like if i were to like challenge them a little bit more like just metagaming and it would kind of like shut them down i'd be like yeah that's cool and this also happens so kind of just keeping that kind of uh mind uh player mindset in mind as a dm i think that's important too i think i think it boils down to what your players uh, as on the gm side what your players intention is and helping them do that you know, helping them achieve that. If something really is impossible, like fucking, like, I don't know, um, uh, reattaching someone's head without using some, uh, a specific, uh, you know, a, a spell, which, you know, um, it's like, okay, you could try, but you get, you get the head on there, but it doesn't do anything, you know, like it, it, just, it just, they're successful in their failure, you know? Definitely. And, uh, just to throw it back, as far as my regular play style, I'd say, like, all my characters are like pirates. They swear and do whatever the fuck they want. Fight. <laughs> it's literally, like, default pirate. And I think there is a pirate class in D&D. Maybe I should do that next time. Swashbuckler. Yeah, mm -hmm. th there you go. It's literally just like, yeah, I want to fuck him up. It's a lot of that. It's, it's, it's straight to, like, going for the jugular and just doing that. Um, but I enjoy it. I think it makes it funnier and fun for everyone. Usually. <laughs> this, uh, the, the over over the top play style yeah yeah, yeah. definitely um <laughs> uh i actually wanted uh all those questions Ian and christian made me think of another question we didn't really yeah, if go we did bring, do it last time i'm sorry but in my mind i don't think we did but um i just wanted to ask you guys what is like form like your favorite media or like game or something that you've implemented into the game <sighs> you've brought in so, like, for instance, Ooh. a couple for me is, of course, Mass Effect. I literally translate it into, like, a 5e play style that's been evolving. We're going to do parts one, two, and three. Um, another thing was before in the neutral campaign, because Adam did a bad campaign. Our buddy Fernando did a good campaign. I was like, you know what? Let's get both characters in and see how they do. They're, like, again, a Suicide Squad, real original. And that was neutral. But uh, I pulled 
a lot of different media from that. Like, uh, for instance, like uh, I was really inspired by Dragon Age Inquisition when I was playing, and uh, literally the Inquisition was there to question the team and everything and put them on trial. And, you know, and <laughs> the way it came out, it's like, oh, the Beast Trial people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but they're just like, that's how it turned out. And I've done that before. Like, I've even, I think I had a mission where some giant bulky tank guy came in, and I literally had him modeled after, like, a Cabal va uh, Valis. Like, he came in with the music. There was a portal. Like, I just pulled that straight from Destiny. So I just want to see what you guys, I know, Christian, you talked about your, your like, uh, Gunslinger. Oh yeah. So there's some characters we have, but if you guys have any others or you want to expand more, like please do. All right, I'm gonna pass it to Brian now. Well, okay. Let's see. I mean, I have a character waiting in the wings that I haven't used yet, but I'm not gonna say too much about him. But I did kind of try to base it off of um, a uh, kind of like devil hunter, like kind of based in like the devil may cry world like trying to face like a half demon from like the, the devil may cry universe into kind of like a DD character and i feel like it's actually been coming along pretty cool like it's coming coming out pretty cool and so i'm kind of i'm not excited but i'm also kind of excited for the day that my character does die like my current uh blood hunter does die or if it just kind of goes away to bring that one in um but Kind of going a little off topic, but not too much. Um, there's a game that we all kind of contribute and like create called um, Humans vs. Zombies. It's like a it's like a team based um, like in person uh, like glorified like game of tag in a way. So like you have a team that's the human team, and they come decked out in like nerf equipment, like blasters and like nerf weapons and stuff like that, and then you have the zombie team, which is basically all like, you know, one hand tags onto people. And the whole point is we create these like missions that they, the human players have to do to kind of survive like the like the campaign for the day. And like all the zombies have to do is just kill all the humans to like win. Sometimes we like to throw in like kind of stories to go along with it. And I... It never like worked out too well, but I tried to make a campaign based around the Borderlands franchise, and I had a whole like idea, like thought out, like okay, well, what's the big thing about Borderlands? Is you get bounties and you have to like do jobs to get money and to get like cooler equipment. So, like the home area would be like the bounty board, and you'd pick jobs to do, and you would go out and do the jobs and earn money. And along the way, you would find like the special units and whether it would be kind of like us playing it or we would have some of the zombie players play the special units and be like mini boss fights kind of like scattered around like our play area. And it's just like after like doing so much planning and like realizing I was like, this is like too much stuff because <laughs> if anybody that hasn't played Borderlands knows that Borderlands is just insane out of its mind just chock full of so many weird crazy amazing things and we've been having the shutdown because of obvious reasons so hopefully when we get that kind of back up and running i'm hoping to maybe make that a reality before you know whenever we decide to you know call it quits 
Um, it's interesting that you drew the comparison with HVZ, our uh, fun little tag LARP. It's it's almost the same. Like we role play, we've become the characters, we liven it up. Our buddy Fernando is not here yet. Uh, he has this character every year called Shadow Man, and he enters the role of this dark lord overseeing the zombies, and the players love it. And the players bring this level of intensity as well. Sometimes too much, sometimes too little. But it's like, wow, they really like like feed off each other's energy, and it just—it's like when we play D and D, you know, we just bring it to a whole new level. We just brought this game, you know, this tag game to just raise the bar so much. So there's, I think there's some like similarities in there. Yeah, because like there's just so many comparisons between that and just like tabletop like role playing games, where it's like if you if you like create something you like really believe in, and you just kind of fully invest in what you're trying to deliver just kind of like playing um D D or something like that um the audience or like the the player base that comes to play these games will get so invested and like oh man you know that was awesome or like or like they'll tell us it's like oh it was like that was kind of cool but like this is like something that you can work on and it like it keeps feeding information back to us and it helps us try to create a better game for people to play and it kind of delivers that like satisfaction that um what i can only imagine would be for a gm when like you just have a table full of players and you just everything clicks and they're everybody's having a good time and it's just i i'm kind of excited to try to put that energy into a like a table at some point well, I believe in you. That's all. That that yeah, sounds. Aw. That sounds. Great. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm next. Let's see. Uh, well, when I first started, you know, I started off with just like a, a regular like adventure from you know wizards, and I was, I started that off, and then it involved. Uh, we started going and we started using uh Warcraft into our lore in our D and D games, and that's where you know it's been ever since. I in the evil campaign, I like to mess with the world more. I like I think the evil campaign's more of focusing on how to shape the world. I think that's uh fair to say we you know we work with the they're controlling the leaders and you're working with the leaders trying you know make cities and different things like that. Whereas the good is more focused on battle. And I I wish the good would move away from that a little bit more and move towards the same direction as evil is in shaping the world. And that way they could kind of, that's, this is originally what I wanted was uh, evil and good to start shaping the world at the same time and how these forces would interact with each other because they were, they are in the same world, the same two campaigns. I mean, they did fight once and that was one-sided, but you know. Why was it one-sided, Adam? Can you tell us why it was one-sided? <laughs> I don't know who chose, to, you know, to put, you know, I don't know how to, you know, all okay, fire all right, characters <laughs> against a, a, a paladin that's, you know, has all this fire resist, but, you know. I just want to point out that Adam, his, he's truly done the research for his character and has specced him out for, I don't know, the past eight years. When we transitioned from 4E to 5E, like, unstoppable tank, by the way. He's really done his research. So when we fought him in evil, when I was evil and he was good, yeah, you bet your ass the spree kicked the shit out of Fortarticus. But hey, it was a fun try, at least. All right. Just we, 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 we did give the, the evil uh, a nice bonus, because they had they had the uh, the base. We give them a, a, you know, hometown, you know, 
handy cap. Pace, you flew Home in with advantage. your flying boots? Okay. <laughs> yes, I did have flying boots. Yes. <laughs> uh... As for things that I've uh, that I've put into RPGs and and all these you know different things, um, I mean there's a shit ton of homebrew out there, especially for for D and D. But I'm thinking like just like adapting different IPs, different um, uh, 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 worlds and universes into the tabletop role playing uh, space. Um, but I think I think for the games that I run, some of my favorite uh, favorite things have cut uh, have been. Uh, there's a project out there called Diorim All, um, where some uh, these two 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 people, um, Snickle Socks on uh, on Twitter and uh, Louis Albidas also on Twitter, um, they take Pokemon and turn them into dire like you know dire wolves like a wolf and then a dire wolf Ooh. a dire version of themselves and give them stat blocks different lore and all that stuff. And so for, for my, uh, a few of my home, uh, home campaigns that I've run so far, um, I've thrown in dire Jigglypuff, dire Typhlosion, dire Umbreon. <laughs> they do like they're, they have entire like legitimate stat blocks for, for various levels that, um, you can just th- plug into your game as if it's a D and D monster. Um, so I just wanted to plug that, that because that is, that, that's something that I've seen to great success and they are so creative with their designs. Luis Alvitas does the, all the art and, uh, um, sorry, Luis. Luis Albitas and um, Snickle Socks um, does all the, the the stat blocks and and the lore behind it all because they really kit out and spec out the like the different Pokemon like you wouldn't expect Jigglypuff to be deadly and scary and all that and, and all that but check it out check it on Twitter um, I don't know if you want me to provide a link to in, include in descriptions later but yeah um, that yeah, that I, I think that is the sick. is the number one thing that I feel um uh not most uh not necessarily had the most fun with adapting into the games that i that i play i mean there's ways i mean people have created entire rpgs based on power rangers and the and and super sentai and uh and and Mm -hmm. all that and like launch their own uh uh, kickstarters for for these different uh and new play styles and so i'm constantly looking for things where you can play as you know a, a power ranger or a fucking uh a sailor scout from from a sailor moon or uh, you know, I don't know. There, there's there's just so much out there. But one thing that I wanted to highlight was di- uh, the Dire Mall project by uh, those those two uh, wonderful human beings. Damn, yes, fantastic. all the '90s stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, for me, I do more like the uh, more casual like tabletop RPGs. So like. I like to do Lady Blackbird, which is very clearly a Firefly knockoff. But you have your inspiration there, and you kind of have things to draw from. For stuff like Honey Heist, you just draw stuff from like Ocean's Eleven or whatever like tropey things that are like, oh, how to have it a high scope, but with bears. I remember we did The Witch is Dead, and I guess our players decided that the witch was going to be uh, Dorothy. So we did a reverse Wizard of Oz, just going through and just doing that story, which is very uh, graphic at times, but fun. <laughs> so yeah, so, just yeah, whatever's available. I find it so like amazing how literally with just a few like tweaks, anything can just fit into a campaign. Like I can just imagine now, just like like your players getting like the the quest is like, hey, it's like you have to follow the, the yellow brick road to get to, you know, the Emerald City. And I can just imagine like 
all of these like interactions when you like have to meet all the characters and like what you can find. Mm -hmm. It's, I love it. Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, our friend Fernando has arrived. Hello, Fernando. Why don't you introduce yourself? And a question for you: If you uh, for your last D and D character, would you take a selfie with them? Hello. Yes, my name is Fernando. Wait, take a selfie of what? Myself? With your character. <laughs> You're walking down the street. You see Wait. the living embodiment of a character. Do you bust out your phone and say, can I take a selfie with you? Oh, okay. I thought you wanted me to cosplay as my character and then take a selfie as myself. I mean, <laughs> you can do that. Or you can answer that too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if the cosplay is good enough, like, sure. Otherwise, if it's not worth my time, like, no, I'm just going to walk on by. You know? <laughs> I won't even acknowledge myself. Uh... <laughs> Uh, probably. It'd be like, yeah, it looks really cool. I'd like a selfie. Yeah, I'd say yeah. I'd probably do it. Am I supposed to describe what it is? Sure. Uh, I don't want to. I mean, I... <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're keeping us suspense. I... Now you have to. It, the, the character's an amorphous blob. Whatever you're imagining right now, <laughs> listener, whatever you're imagining, that's the selfie that we're taking with this character. <laughs> I mean, it is a blob. Yeah, I know you're right. I am listening. <laughs> no, no, actually, probably my favorite character that I did make, uh, now deceased, uh, was Adara, was just this... Like wicked blood witch was just chaotic and just burned and killed everyone. She didn't care. Joel's shaking his head. <laughs> Joel knows too well. We'll go into that later. But yeah, um, this is like a, a wicked blood witch. So yeah, I was like, yeah, she's cool. I'll take a picture with her. <laughs> a question I asked uh, all of us for you, Fernando, since you just got here. Um, like, what? It, like, what's your play style when you're, like, DMing or when you're just playing? Like, what do you usually default to? Um, if you, I mean, we kind of answered already. What is, like, a popular media you've inserted into, like, D&D or a tabletop? I mean, obviously, the, the friends of mine know too well that I'm, uh, unfortunately, of recent news. But I am uh, a pretty good pretty good i don't know I, I enjoy blizzard entertainment quite a bit um and so yeah definitely delved into the world of the wow genre where you know it's like hey you can't not everyone can afford you know to play you know best pc and monthly subscriptions like all right let's bring it to the tabletop world and of course we have our own little uh, turns and twists in there uh in terms of me dming i kind of just like to i try to make it so fluid i'm very non-restrictive I'd like to think I'm non-restrictive, I'm very easygoing, and hopefully having the players just be as free-willed as they can in the world. Of course, they're not gods, because I'm the god in the DM world. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like everyone laughing, they know it's true. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, the, the, the one thing I really, I try my hardest uh, to not do to the players, so that way they just have that full immersion, is to not is to not say no. I don't want to tell the players, no, you can't do that. I want it to be more fluid. It's just like, oh, you know, you tried so hard, you know, to push past the guards, but they're, you know, they're just too elite. They're too strong. You know, so no, no way. You can't get past the guards. Um, yeah, so I guess that's what I like to do to the best of my ability for the players. Yeah, I think one of the more popular phrases I think you say for when you're when you're GMing, it's like just give, give give me give me a little bit extra, like what like something to get it over the edge. And it's like okay, and like well, I, I do say that. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> but no, I I like when I think about it, I kind of appreciate it because it, it you're allowing 
the player to kind of like give themselves a moment. And it's like, you're basically telling us like, okay, give me, give me a moment for you. I want, this is your moment for your character to like shine a little bit. So I, I kind of really appreciate when you kind of do that for it's us. Such a, such a good tool. It's such a good tool. It's like someone, someone <laughs> j- just the other week, someone was like, I, I, I'd like to steal the diamond. All right. Describe to me how you steal fucking diamond. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to, you steal the diamond. I'm not going to make you roll until you tell me what the roll is, like what it's going to look like. It makes it <laughs> amazing storytelling after that. I, I enjoy one particular moment. Uh, also a deceased character uh, played by Joel. It was a, uh, a psychic Torin Minotaur. And <laughs> like Joel, Brian, and Justice in particular, they, they kind of do go a little hardcore into the, I guess you could say, you know, the artiste or actor. You know, I enjoy it a lot. I like the enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> Joel's character would be like, he like focuses in, like he like tunes into his horns and his eyes and tries to like focus in on a beam. He's like locked in. He's like, I'm going to get this hit. He rolls a two. It's like he just shoots his own foot instead. <laughs> right, like Omega great. Dreads. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up the boat. Oh, he rolled so well. He decimated those merfolk or the Naga. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a great moment. An interesting question uh, that's been shared with me is um, how have things changed over the past few decades? Um, I don't know if we can answer that. Maybe I could bring it down a little more if we've noticed things that have changed. Maybe within our own playstyle or playgroups. I know for us, big transition was from four E to five E. Kind of big on the numbers. We talked about it last time, and then we kind of moved more free form more of the style like i do now and i definitely have stolen fernando's give me a little more it's it like a, like christian said it's like a great tool like like if you're so close to killing like what what else do you add it just that little extra fervor but maybe um some fun changes we've noticed over over the past few years in play styles maybe things that we've noticed we need to improve on uh let's go backwards so let's go from fernando to matt and i think is it christian then then Adam? i think so yeah, it's that order. And then Adam, then I mean, then Brian, then me. All right, let's go. Wait, so what have I learned in <laughs> the decade, right? Okay. I mean, uh, what it doesn't have to be the decade, but what have you noticed, like, changes over the, let's say, five years? I mean, we've been doing it for eight. Adam just reminded us, like, wow. So, well, I mean, as changes, as well. I guess, as we have been, are you asking, like, in our own development or schemes or play styles being that of DMing or playing as characters and such? Sure. Okay, all right. <laughs> also, uh, can I? Right, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. I remember another story was really funny. For those who didn't put in influence <laughs> into, like, you know, give me a little bit more. For example, was Esprit Adam was supposed to sing a divine hymn to save, <laughs> to save one of our allies. Okay, okay, uh, I'm gonna interject here really quick. <laughs> let's just, just let's just put in here. I tried to do a hymn. You just rejected it because I personally cannot sing. It's true. <laughs> all, all you I'm a witness. I didn't ask for a grand concert. I just wanted you to, you know, just it could be like holy hums, but you're just like. No, no, I did. I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> no, you rejected that. I did that. <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah, this guy not everyone can be the Halo soundtrack. <laughs> My voice oh, is very yeah. monotone, as everyone at home can probably, you know, tell. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay, so I guess for me to start playing D&D in and of itself, um, I never got into it, geez, I guess, yeah, until recently, 
ish uh, due to the push from various friends. So, yeah, let's try this. Try this. I finally went into it. And I started off doing DMing stuff, but as we developed, for example, we then uh, shifted over to, say, Joel's Mass Effect role. And I don't know anything about Mass Effect besides just like aliens, outer space, lasers, and whatnot, and just weird humanoid beings. That's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Joel gave me a lineup of different I guess, characters to choose from. Uh, refresh my memory, Joel. Uh, what was the the ball guy? <laughs> Fernando picked a Volus. If you want to look that Volus. up, it's a rotund, basically a rotund gnome. Let's just go with that. <laughs> And so, not knowing anything about this world, I was just like this action-packed little dude who would just always roll around and blast people. I, I guess, always shooting them in the groin area. And every action I did, even if it wasn't in the heat of the moment, I would always just roll into. I roll into action, <laughs> and so <laughs> it just made everyone giggle. Um, so it, it was just, it was neat to to play on both sides of the field so to speak, um, I guess learning how, I guess how I direct and, or try to like guide the group versus how say like Joel can like guide the group is certainly a little different where I, I think sometimes uh, when there are different dungeon master gods, uh, <laughs> Joel can be a little uh, vindictive or spiteful <laughs> against a few Definitely with you two, Adam and Fernando, <laughs> but I have a, uh... Definitely fine-tuned that vindictiveness. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, you know, every time you move five feet, take 20 damage. Can't be reduced any, in any way, you know? You did that to yourself. I'm not, I'm not going to. What do you mean? No. I rolled well, and I'm like, I, I got to do 42 damage to the character. Your damage is cut by 90%. Why? Just because. <laughs> Why? God was mad that day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> God was stuck in traffic for an hour and a half, and you're gonna take the consequences. I don't know if that was a sufficient answer to your question, but I think I'm done. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I guess for me, uh, I, I mentioned this the last time we did our little chat. I used to be very like rules based, and it has to like there has to be a rule for this thing, or otherwise it doesn't work, or I don't know. There has to be numbers, but I, I tended to. To move away from that recently or within the last uh, three, four years. I guess that's not recently, three, four years. <laughs> um, to more just like, oh, let's just focus on what's cool, what what would make things interesting. Um, that the conversation a little bit earlier does remind me that, you know, trying to be like fair to all the players is something to work on. Like, you have like certain relationships with like, all the players at the table and you know you're more comfortable with others or whatever there's different dynamics and just trying to keep in mind that you know some people might try things playing backtrack so i think what would be when i say fair i mean like what would get people the most involved in what's going on um so like some people like might be more reserved so if they're like uh not so sure i think it's more important to like really emphasize like oh you tried to do something so we're gonna like really go for this and just keep things balanced like some other players tend to like dominate and just kind of keeping that in mind um but still trying to have a good flow so that's something that i'm still trying to work on but yeah i guess it's my turn um i think 
I, I, I take this question as more less of on on changes and, and growth myself, but more changes in growth that I've seen in the tabletop RPG space. Just just in the past decade, the amount of people playing D&D TTRPGs has skyrocketed. It is oh, yeah. now cool. <laughs> Uh, you have celebrities like fucking Joe Manganiello and fucking Vin Diesel saying like, yeah, no, I play D and D every single goddamn week. Um, Tom Morello, the three yeah. of them, they like get together and play their campaign. Exactly. Like, like it's, it's, it's in, it, it, it's in popular, it, it's been popularized. There's so much money going into it and it's being, being more and more accessible. Like the, the the whole change from like you you mentioned this earlier the change from fourth edition to fifth edition they took a lot of number cr- crunching out because they wanted to appeal to more of an audience that might not enjoy all of, all of that math so um, something that I've witnessed and seen and I feel like is important to 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 highlight and and foster is the amount of accessibility of D and D dungeon Dungeons and Dragons specifically. But then also expanding that out to TTRPGs for people that just want to role play or just want to, uh, uh, you know, don't want to be tied to the fantasy setting of Dungeons and Dragons and explore sci-fi, explore horror, explore mystery, all that stuff. Um, And because of that, we're seeing more and more creators of marginalized uh, uh, communities uh, writing and increasing the representation. It's, It's a snowball. Uh, snowball effect and we're 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 at a point i think uh, I, I i've talked about this on on a few panels um uh before so the the change is is coming and with that there's a lot of yeah. people who are gatekeepy you know people who like want to hold on to the the their their character from second edition and all the time like sure yeah but that doesn't mean you need to tear down everything that people are enjoying and finding about the, finding out that they're enjoying about the current iterations of the game so so i think i think there's 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 a giant change uh currently happening in the in the space but there's a reluctance on the people that create like wizards of the coast that make dnd uh reluctance to lean into into that um but we're seeing a change i i think i think i think we're moving in a positive direction and that that's sort of like my like thousand foot view to, uh down to 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 the table of the trends that we've been seeing uh sorry sorry that that that's very different the very different answer than i think people were expecting but that that's that's how i interpreted the question no, take that, that. fight me gm it's an important i think it's thing to address um tabletop rpgs is now being more widely embraced and more kind of pushed into the light and kind of shown it's like hey look look at what you can do with this. It's like, we like, there's so much potential in this, like what's been around for so long. So that's the thing. It's like, for a lot of people, they like, Oh, this is like cool. And it was like, no, this has been around for a long time. And now we're actually getting a chance to have more people get involved and more people to use it as a template to create their own worlds and their own ideas. And yeah, it's, it sucks. That you know, there are going to be those people that like, well, like you, like you said, Chris, will hold on to like their their old characters and like this is the heyday of uh, of D and D, and you know, will try to push people away. But I I hope that, and I do believe there is the majority of people that are pushing for 
that all-inclusive, you know, world that we want this genre to be in. So my take on the, uh, you know, generations, the editions of D&D is, you know, you know, up until third edition, every single edition, it had more rules. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Up until the fourth edition, they had more rules. Third edition, uh, fourth edition, they went, was probably the most balanced as, as far as, like, a game could be, like D&D itself. Uh, because they made it so that fighters and melee characters that didn't have all this magic were certainly balanced with all these people's magic. Before, you know, a wizard, once they got to a certain level, they were all powerful. No one, not, they could, not, no one else could do anything like close to that stuff. I think magic also enhances, uh, you know, role play. I, I find it really hard for players that play just a fighter. I mean, maybe other pe- people that play fighters can, you know, say something to this, but playing a fighter is really hard to role play when you don't have magic to, you know, supplement that. Uh, sorry. Uh, and one of the good things that came about with 5e was that, you know, they took the good, I mean, the, the rules and the storytelling and put them together. Uh, so it's been evolving and I, you know, I think it's going to keep evolving and it's going to be good. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, like, I feel like what, what Matt was saying earlier, where it's kind of like when you look at a table and everybody plays differently, everybody kind of when they either if they've been playing for a while or they've just started playing, you know, everybody's going to put in as much as themselves that they feel comfortable with. And it's very interesting that just to hear from like a DM's perspective of like how how to balance that out to where you don't like no one really feels alienated and everybody's still able to kind of have a good time. But I know for me, like when I started, when I kind of started getting into like, like Dungeons and Dragons and, uh, and just kind of like role playing in general, I know like I was one of those players that was very like unsure about how much to actually like put in, like how much that, I felt comfortable like putting in to like the, the group as far as just kind of like interacting as the character I made. And I know like with playing with um, our friend group, like it definitely over time, it got a lot easier just kind of like, like having just the group that is very supportive and very, you know, willing to, you know, let you experience the game how you want to experience it at first and just kind of see like the progression of how someone plays the game. And like it, it can be so amazing to see like somebody that was very um, like reserved at first and just saw, see someone grow into somebody that's like willing to like come in and, you know, you know, be the character, like put on, put on a voice and like kind of act out. And I, it's like, I'm not the best but I'm still improving by each game I do. And I try to make an effort to actually be in the moment. You know, I'm, I don't think like, Oh, it's like, I don't know like what, what people are going to think when I do this. And it's like, no, it's just like the game's supposed to be fun. So let's have that like freedom to just kind of express whatever it is that you feel, you know, and it's, very nice to be able to also see that 
from others as well. Just kind of like seeing people like seeing the passion that people grow like over time is very rewarding to see just even from a player's perspective, like looking at other players, it's like very rewarding just to kind of see people's progression as they get comfortable, you know, in role playing. Well said. It It's awesome as a, like a f- more fresh DM, I think, but yeah, seeing people grow with their roles and take, extra steps and go kind of like like go beyond and like really bring their characters to life more than you would expect and it's it's awesome and i just wanted to bring it back a little i think you guys will hopefully have the same perspective but the whole like holding on to the past a little like there are good parts we could take but we don't need to you know we can leave the bad stuff behind you know like the mischaracterization of some people's races and stuff and Mm. The representation oh, yeah. matters, you know? People say, like, oh, you're pandering. Well, fuck yeah, we're here. Like, we <laughs> exist. Like, you, you're, you know, just people, like, you're pandering. Well, yeah, don't you, are, this game is for you and me, you know? Like, everyone should be included. It should be inclusive. And I just feel like, it's like, it's going to change the game for me. <laughs> you know, I, my day-to-day kind of changes on that view. It's like, well, adapt or die. Sometimes I'm really cold about it. But also, like... <laughs> you can't you've played this great game that can evolve you can evolve with it and with that evolution you get new perspectives new ideas and it's just that gatekeeping just closes you off you know like adapt evolve with it and that's something i've had to do too like you can't be super straight laced you can't you know say no um i was gonna ask you guys maybe like are there some D no-nos you think that new players should know about Ooh. um i think that's important in a way, like I don't want to shy people away. Like you can't do this, but there's just some things like, yeah, you can't do. Like, uh, I haven't experienced this, but I just want to say, like, I've seen on the internet, like people like the DMs force characters to do things that are unsettling. I'm not gonna d- dive in. It's like yeah. it's it's like cringe. Where like, why would you make a character do something that you wouldn't do in real life? Like, I'm not saying like stealing and like pillage and steal like for the wrong reasons, but you know what I mean. Like, I, I'm not gonna touch those bad subjects like you're not gonna make a character sit there and get licked by another character uncomfortably while reciting mm. weird things yeah just that's a big no-no just go with the flow and then also read the room <laughs> like, to that too like if you're doing something like that's making everyone like uncomfortable probably shouldn't be doing it um let's just go backwards this way if you guys can think of some uh maybe some no-nos or like things that like new players should be aware of like you can have fun and like run with it but there you know there's some lines you shouldn't cross for sure like definitely definitely know the boundaries of your fellow players and just it, like just as not just like as like what they're willing to role play but just in general just like you know yeah like it can be it can be funny sometimes to try to be like the edgy person but it's like at the end of the day like you're still playing with like people like these aren't like characters you play like in a video game in like a in like like a like a video game world um but like these are like actual people like these are either like your friends or people that you're like trying to play a game with for the first time you know just try to just try to you know not try to be the cool guy it's like like there's so many people that want to be like the cool guy. It's like, hey, I'm gonna be like, you know, the the rough gruff, you know, I'm gonna say fuck you to your face and I'm gonna, you know, do it's like it's like, yeah, that's fine if it's like within reason, but don't 
yeah, just don't be a dick, you know. You know, just have fun. Don't don't try to be an asshole. That's like my only, you know, reasonable request. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, I think uh, you know, there's certain like cr- character creation things to stay away from. Don't uh don't make someone that's just racist against the whole race for no no good reason. Or I mean, you know, maybe 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 they killed your whole family or something. I don't I don't know. I'm not going to say every something, but you know, don't just stay away from that for the most part. Uh it's just not cool. And uh, you know, another thing, try not to override everyone else. Don't try and talk over other people. Don't, you know, let everyone have a turn. Uh if you notice like my character's strong, but you know, do I want to run in and start the encounter every single time? No, I want, you know, I was like, do does anyone else have any other ideas? Try and talk to other, you know, to the group, see what they want to do. You know, don't just run forward and do something on your own. Uh, on the video, you did something, and I wanted to give you space to to say something to respond to that. I don't know if you, if you were trying to say something to, in response oh, no, or no, to add no. on. Oh, okay, you were. I, I just I, like I, you, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of like agreeing with. You yeah, know, you look like you wanted like, to say something. I was silently like, oh. agreeing with. I was like, oh, oh actually, what is Brian gonna say? What is Brian gonna oh, say? Oh, oh, actually, now that you mention it, um, I have I've actually seen um, examples of what he was talking about. It was like my character is going to be racist towards you know yeah. this race. It's like okay, what's well, like I I don't know why that's just for some people that's just a fascinating like characteristic like to have their character be like racist and they're like I'm going to make this character you know you know see you know a different perspective. It's like why is like one it's like it's like I don't know like why they want to do that. It's like are you just doing that because it allows it like in character allows you just to be an asshole to like a certain race in this like game. It's like, I it's like, there's no, like no reason for that. I don't understand like the purpose. Yeah. You know, I understand the purpose, but it's like, why it's like, it's not necessary. It's not, it's not an intriguing story, like story for a character. It's yeah. I, I absolutely like building on top of that. It's not, it's not, not only is it not interesting, like it, it can be harmful, you know? Exactly. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, so this this specific topic um can be like a whole whole fucking episode um regarding rules of like safety tools, consent, all that stuff. Um cuz we can go on about like no-nos and 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 do's and don'ts, but like the all boils down to is safety and consent. Um and building in tools into your into your games and playstyles even if you're all friends like have a session 0 so that everyone's on the same page of like what they want, what they don't want out of a campaign, um, building in tools for, uh, um, like I, this, I'm good. This could be an emotional scene. I'm still good. Or like, Hey, we're approaching a topic that I don't feel comfortable exploring. Can we slow down and having those tools be in place and having everyone understand them, I think is huge. Uh, so I'm, I'm a huge proponent of safety tools at the table. Um, and I could, I could talk about that forever. Um, but in terms of, big like big no-nos um is is uh for for players there's the racism part you know it's a fantasy race but guess what it's still a race anyway um the uh the other thing is is uh romance it's not necessarily big no to romance it's getting the the proper consent from everyone at the table like hey are you is everyone cool 
with me seducing the barkeep, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like it's it's worth it to check really quick, you know, like, okay, cool. Everyone cool with this? And then go into it instead of just going like, oh, yeah, no, like, I'm going to seduce the barkeep. Uh, uh, because sometimes not everyone is ready for for that, that really, because relationships are intense uh, 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 ways to, 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 to show who your character is. And romance is the probably one of the upper uh, levels of displaying a relationship. So maybe not everyone at the table is ready for that. Maybe I, I've seen this before a couple at a table, we're flirting with each other and that's great. That's fine. But like if uh, someone is not ready to receive that, even in a fantasy setting, in a make-believe setting, that's something that you got to look out for. That's, that's cringe. That's, that's creepy. That's borderline abuse if I'm being real. So yeah, don't, don't do that. Check, check in with everyone first. Be on the same page. Run a session zero. Use safety tools. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris, you kind of uh, said most of what I was going to say. Like anything that like crosses a player's boundaries is like not okay. And I think one of my favorite safety tools to use is I don't know if, if other players use this, but we have like an X rule or an X card. Yes. So yeah, if anything, any player does something that you're like not cool, if you could just be like ah, X, no. Reverse, rebind. We're not doing that. Oh, red card. That works oh, too. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or yeah, hey. yeah. So that's like, uh, we're getting into territory where we're like, yeah, not feeling great. Proceed for, cautiously. For for reference um, to those listening, I held up my oh, right? own like red card that said, no, I can't handle this. And then after that, a yellow card that's like, hey, let's slow down. Let's put, let's um start moving away from this topic because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, that's actually a really cool tool. And then you can yeah. do like green cards of like lol or like eyes emoji. Uh, okay, I'm too excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's super fast. Like you just have five minutes to check in. It's like, hey, these are our safety tools at the beginning of your session. If anything happens that that's concerning or you want to stop, this is what you can use. And I think Chrissy also mentioned like a same page tool. There's like, if you Google same page tool, there's like a list of questions of like, what's okay for a session? What do we expect to like role play like? And it also has stuff like, do we want things to be realistic? We want things to be more fantasy based and stuff like that. So everybody's kind of on the same idea of like how they want to play. And I think that makes the whole hip hop role playing experience a bit more cohesive and everybody knows what's going to go on. Son of a bitch. You guys like said everything. <laughs> like back to the last one I wanted to say. No. Uh, what else can I put it as, as an input? Well, I guess when it comes to new players, I guess it can really kind of go two ways where, of course, we have the players themselves. And we have the DMs themselves, obviously different minds, right? Uh, I guess I would like to think for the most part, for the most part, when it comes to D&D sessions, there's, you know, generally with family or with friends, close friends. Um, I haven't myself been in a situation to join a D&D group where I'm the only one there. Like, I'm the odd man out. You know, it's like it's all strangers. So I haven't had that experience yet. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> but definitely, obviously, those who, you know, me palling around with pretty much everyone here, albeit the Capricris. Sorry, you're new to me. Hello, friend. Yeah, hello. Hey, new friend. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but so far, like, definitely those you know, alert cards that you got, that's actually really damn cool. That's that's pretty creative. That's, you know, right on. Instead of just, like, shouting out to someone, like, you know, interrupting the flow, per se, but like, hey, you know, green card or yellow card. So, like, oh, okay, okay, got it. You know, got the hint. Uh, so that's actually really cool. It really 
does not disturb the world so much as advertly, you know, Dion's like, hey, can't say that, you know, you know, shatters the that immersion. Um, Sorry, well, uh, was I was going? gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, if 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 we're uh, if I can just promote just just really quick um, the TTRPG safety toolkit. Uh, I'll provide the link in the chat or whatever, but it's just yeah. a bunch of optional rules that 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 should, like do the X's and O's system that uh, you were talking about earlier, or like stars uh, or lines and veils to talk about what people's lines are, and then the veil of like, hey, like it's not a hard line, but be careful around this topic. The the card system. There's so many different like ways to 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 provide consent and shit at a table, um, and they it's just a nice quick little. A toolkit that people GMs people can uh, can um, pick and choose what they want to include at their table. So uh, I'll provide that link and, and stuff. And hopefully, I don't know if you guys have like a link dumper for your podcast, but just you know, Google TTRPG Safety Kit. Yeah, we we can we can post a link on the uh, the show notes. I just think it's that important. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's. No, it, I I think it's is like a general like agreement. It's like it's it's very nice to be able to have tools like that, so you can get like just get a sense of the room and just like tell people it's like, hey, you know, I want to be involved, but there are points that I just I'm not comfortable with, and so it just it just helps that everybody can be on the same page just from like the very start instead of having to deal with those situations as they come and they like you guys were saying before it's just like it just could just ruin the game if you have to just deal with it like one step at a time throughout the process definitely agree and um cards are a great idea and i love the x idea matt i've never i mean we've only played with the same group i think that's kind of our limitation as well but um for my game i've definitely implemented the real life issues that are in the game too and you know there's been some trigger warnings and i you know i've never had to think about it because i pulled it from the game but now talking with you guys i think it's time to you know, like, hey, yes. this has issues oh of this and that. And uh, it's important to, to recognize. And because, yeah, the last mission we did uh, it had to deal with, like, experimentation on, like, kids, um, which brought it to, like, an intense level. But, again, I, I should have checked if that's okay. That struck a nerve, you know. And um, I, I think that's an awesome tool. Well, it's I never happening thought to in real now, time, y'all. It's amazing. Use it from now on. Especially <laughs> with Mass Effect. They right? go hard. They dive deep in some, like, human-ass stuff. And... It hits home some of the times, and it's it, it's an intense and good. Yeah, but at the and same like, time, it doesn't mean just, that everyone just is ready for Way that to care that about the friends you have at this table, you know, like you don't want to actively harm someone. Obviously, you're you all want to play together and tell a story together. So why not check in? It's just a simple. It's a simple step uh, that that is severely overlooked. <laughs> So Joel, fucking hell yeah, I I love that. Yeah, de definitely. And um, I, I wish now looking back at some of my characters, I kind of wish <laughs> we had those so I could know about some of them. I'm like, oh, that probably was not okay <laughs> at all. Um, but you know, it was all it was never bad intent. I will say it was for humor or for what you know, getting a quick joke. But maybe that was overdone. But now we know we have these awesome tools. So I'm hey, live and learn, man. Have those yeah, just Quick question. I mean, oh, the five definitely. of us, sorry, Kappa, but uh, no, five of us have all played together. Uh, would any of us have used those cards at any time? Because I mean, I personally went not to discredit them because I think they're a great idea, but what I'm just curious between us, would we, would any of us have ever used one? Mm -hmm. 
Right, Maybe because we know each other so well, we know our boundaries. Uh, it, but it, I think that's like the hard limit limits test because we're so familiar yeah. with each other, just like as a group. It's like we all like inherently just like know roughly like what our boundaries are, so we mm -hmm. never really cross them. And I guess that for us, that's just the benefit of us really knowing each other so well. But I mean, yeah, I mean, for people, there are people that will just go to like a game shop and it's like, hey, you know, we have a campaign that runs every week, you know. Why don't you come on by? And it's like it would be a, it would definitely be a great tool to to use, or just to implement. But um, at the end of the day, it's just you know, getting to know your players and getting to be familiar with what the boundaries and what's what's okay and what's not okay. But like for for a long winded answer, at least in our friend group, I can't think of anything. But that's just because I feel like we just know each other well enough to not do it. Yeah. And I honestly th like that is that's great. Um, uh, part of the reason why y'all are friends because you understand each other. Um, but uh, uh, and I don't think you're discrediting the the any of the card system or ta uh, uh, safety toolkits. But you put out a very specific uh, um, uh, uh, you put out a, put out a scenario that anyone can be joining in at a table but not really understand what they're signing up for. Right? They know they're signing up for a D and D game, but D and D and and tabletop RPGs and storytelling in general can span such a wide array of topics and different tolerances. For different people um so so uh you you hit the nail on the head like you don't know you don't know you it, it's it, if uh and, and again that's happening all over the place that's how a lot of people get into dnd they're just kind of invited somewhere uh to to a table or a game or whatever and this is just kind of a way to make sure that we're not actually actively harming folks by subjecting them to material and stories that they sh that they honestly don't want to be subjected to and that's that that's at the yeah. that's at a worst case scenario you know usually it's just like oh yeah no i like i i, I like adventure <laughs> you know i like puzzles or or something um if i was to join y'all's game i would let you know immediately one of my lines is harm to animals and that's a safety tool you know the lines and veils so that's that's a that's a safety tool don't don't fucking murder a kitty don't john wick something <laughs> oh no no not <laughs> john wick oh no no oh no yeah. oh. i think that's a fair question adam uh Hopefully, I, I don't think I have ever needed to use it. I think the, the closest was someone was not in the best of spirits, and it changed the attitude of our playthrough. Um, but I it never was like, you need to stop. Like It was like, oh, they're playing that way, but I'm over mm -hmm. here playing this way, because we were doing like two at once at one time. Um, if anything, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if that's going well, because you can kind of read what's going on, but I don't know. that It's kind of in the past and muddled. Thankfully, with our friends, uh, we haven't had been able to. And, um, yeah. And it's good to check in, too. I remember when we first went to Matt's house and played. I kind of just assumed it would be okay. Nate was like, hey, come check this out. Let's meet Matt and play games. And I was like, all right, I guess it's the same way. Of course, it's not one size fits all. Just want to remind you, different levels and styles and be, you know, <laughs> aware. You know, Matt is still here, so thank it's God. It's like, surprise, I would have used that X card so many times. You're, you're, you're holding Matt hostage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring out the Kilagawa. Since, you're going to bring out the Kilagawa right now. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> what is that? What is that? That that You just pulled out like a pencil case looking thing with like a, embossed. Is that embossed or engraved Kilagawa? It's a little dice box. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, like Personalized dice box. Like, yeah. What? Oh, that's pretty rad. It's a custom yeah. uh, dice box. Thanks, Dan. I sense. only have my Cthulhu dice box. <laughs> <laughs>
That's really cool. I think maybe my closest, probably really like, I guess like red zone, black zone area. That was like in the beginning. I don't know if you remember Esprit, where like you do, you, you cleared out like a farmstead and then it was like a fragile little baby pig and you tried to roll, but you rolled too high, rolling too strong. You like crushed the little piglet in your hands. And I'm oh, like, well, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I tried so hard to rescue the pig, but <laughs> Fernando will remember that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I mean I mean for me, I I I I think I have a pretty I mean, I I haven't played with with y'all obviously. I mean, uh, that would be really cool to change. Um, but um I think for me in my own experience, I haven't I I have a pretty high tolerance as I understand drama and all that stuff. Um, but the other side of the other side of it is um, it helps me because I, I want to keep people safe. And I'm as a player, not necessarily as a GM, as a player, I want people to to be able to sit at the table and have a good time. I want to make sure that I'm not har- actively harming someone. So I was in a situation during a uh, during during a game where an uh, an NPC, an enemy, an opponent wasn't giving us information, and so I started leaning into like uh, pressuring them and threatening to to like remove one of their eyes or something i'll beat them yeah yeah exactly um and i didn't know that one of uh uh one of my the the people at the table had had a thing about like eye violence and i discussed eye related um uh, graphic stuff and so they held up a yellow card and so that told me i'm like okay cool i'm i'll back off away from that i'll back off away from the uh, the torture in a way that was seamless and, and and we revisited it later and it was it was it was great i felt i felt that um they 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 uh they felt comfortable in letting me know like hey i'm i'm uncomfortable and um i don't want and and it told me okay cool let's let's move away from this so that i don't introduce more harm to this person so i think it's a great tool for that and um yeah, it's sometimes it's hard holding up that card. Like I've definitely like hovered over the yellow card, being like, oh, "I'm not sure," and then it worked out anyway without me having to hold up the card. That sort of reminded me of something. So oh, I think actually that's not a yellow we were, card moment. <laughs> when we were first starting to play, I was DMing um, this like module from like uh, it's like the Tales of Yawning Portal, and I was. There's an NPC character called Nepo. And all of a sudden, basically, they were like faced up against a dragon or worm, like whatever. And all the player characters decided, oh, we'll just sacrifice this character. And I was like, wait, no, dude, do that because that that character's me. That's how I get to play with you guys, even though I'm DMing. Um, And I didn't get a chance to like really say that. But then Nepo came back as Repo. And I got to mess with people that way. So. We did bring back Repo. We did. So I'm glad that like turned into something cool. But at the time, I was like, oh, I, I think that's another thing to keep in mind. Like sometimes like char- people aren't like ready to have their characters die. And having that conversation ahead of time could help um, some players. Oh, yeah. It's just like what are the st- it's it's very interesting to think about like, um, you know. Having to have like. In a, in a spiritual way, having like to experience if like your character unfortunately you know doesn't roll 
like the saves that they need to roll, like they have to experience death. And it's like, for some people that is a very sensitive topic, um, whether it's just like related to like their personal life or like, you know, just like it's a fear of theirs. And it's like how I would actually like want to kind of ask like the, the GMs is like, have you guys run into a situation where it's a fun, it's like it, technically it's a fundamental part of the game, but you had to kind of work work it in a way so it seemed less harsh than it was to like tail this like making sure that the player themselves felt okay with it. I think the main thing is not to be too graphic with their death too. You know, like you know, we mentioned Striker your Recon going into you know like a a dark you know room. That was the end of it. We didn't say you know what happened to him. Just you know, turning turning your player card and you know, effectively dead. We we didn't go into specifics of how you know <laughs> what happened to him. I don't. I'm not exactly sure. Like, of course, I'm like Esprit. I mean, I've been with. It's a part of me. Like, I'm gonna be sad. I know he's gonna die one day, but you know, I'm gonna be sad. I don't know if I'm gonna ever love another character like that. So um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Secret. I never kill any of my player characters. Wow. Uh, if anything, if they want to die, then I'll let that happen. But I'll make it so that they have like a cool moment before they go. Yes, uh, I love that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I pretty much always avoid trying to kill any player character. It's like, uh, if you do something stupid, something bad will happen to you, but you're not going to like be out. That's actually a very interesting way to kind of go around it. And it actually could lead to into an interesting story point that you mm-hmm. didn't like know before, like we were planning on before. Something that I've adopted is that there are fates, wor- the, the, the phrase that there are fates worse than death, you know? Um, so, oh. <laughs> are you talking? <laughs> no, you <laughs> that there are fates worse than death. And so while if we're ready to say uh, goodbye to a character or, play, you know, a player character, um, there's a dog. There's a dog there's on a dog. stream, y'all. There's a oh. dog in the... For those of you listening at home, there's an f- amazing good boy. 14 out of 10. We'll look at it again. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, maybe we're ready to say bye to a character, but not outright kill them because that might be too graphic. There are fates worse than death. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that could be... like I, I mentioned this in, in part one turning that into an entirely other uh, part of the story, part of the narrative. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or it could be a way to, uh, to, for, for that player character, for not player character, for the player to process feelings and emotions surrounding spirituality, death and saying goodbye and grief and all that stuff. So I don't know. I, it's a useful tool. I say, be very, uh, my, my stance is be very careful about it and give it the proper respect, you know? And then care for each other afterwards. Like, there's no reason why the session needs to end. Everyone go home after someone dies. You can have, like, a moment and say, like, hey, how are you doing? You just said bye to a character that you threw 18 years into. Are you feeling okay? I'm seeing right nods. On. Yeah, right on. Joel, are you okay after that one session? And do you want to go? Oh, no. <laughs> Let Fernando which, go, then I'll have one? a lot to talk about. <laughs> Three. Uh... I mean, there have been a number of deaths by my DM hand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it just it is what it is. In, in that regards, it's like, hey man, you rolled bad, or the enemy just rolled really well, and just like poof, you know, you're gone. Um, 
it is oh like there's definitely yeah you know i guess you know i do feel some remorse is like fuck i wish that didn't happen but it happened and like for example with um uh one of our one of our teammates where they always had a, a dragonkin or a dragonborn character that came back that was like version one version two <laughs> and then it just he just just kept dropping it's just like oh geez like oh i um that's all i can say about that it's just like i'm sorry yeah it's just, it's just part of the game however and it's like sometimes it's so hard and it's just like in real life it's hard to say goodbye but sometimes you just have to i do have to say i i do try and save characters as much as possible sometimes um it's interesting for me because i've been on both ends now being killed by adam and fernando and i have killed people in mass effect i think neutral too um but uh much like fernando and adam it's not gruesome you know i'm not having the boss teabag them and you know rip their brains out and stuff it's it's like they're down you rolled bad they're out it's it's very clear cut Maybe in the future I'll think about that methodology and what to do to give their you know their story another chance. Um, but for instance, in Mass Effect Part One, the final bo- uh, final bottle, the final battle with Saren is a big boss battle. Um, it's kind of like make or break, and the stakes are really high. Like you go, you finish it, or you you know you don't come home. And I at the time right now I feel like that I was pretty fair. Um, I gave people chances to save each other, you know, it's not like, oh, you're negative 10, death, you know, your head has been severed, you know, there's plenty of chances to kind of come back and, you know, get that second win sometimes and and come back. Um, There's been other moments too where it's like two people have to be left behind. There's a key Mass Effect moment where you literally have to leave people behind, which is true to the story. But, you know, I, I didn't think about, in retrospect, like, oh, it, are they ready to do this? I don't know if I prepared the team. That's something, again, for me to think about later, um, if they're really attached to their character. Um, with Mega Dreads dying, you know, I was pretty invested, even though I wasn't playing the character right. So I was like, oh, that hurts. And, you know, same with Lauren Axis and all these, you know, the evil characters, not so much. They kind of, one just literally died that session. Uh, that was made, but yeah, I've, my death count is super high <laughs> in, in the D&D world. Um, rightfully so. I think so. I'm a little bitter for a reason, but I really like the character. But at the same time, I wouldn't get the, we talked about this last time, I wouldn't get the rebirth of my current character, Artesia, if, you know, Lauren Axis didn't die. So there's, you know, there is, I guess, opportunity in the D&D, you know, quote-unquote, death. Yeah, it's... it's and- and that's that's something that you all agreed to and w- like knew you could, were, was in the cards and and consented to so uh that 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 tying this back over to to consent and and the safety toolkit and being friends and understanding each other and having that rapport that i don't i i if it was a different group that wasn't on the same level and wavelength as as you all are could be very very harmful killing your character that many times yeah there is the record of three times in one session. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was the record. That was the record. Or I think Me. it was... Yeah. Uh, but there's also another uh, aspect I forgot to touch on. It doesn't have to t- be tied to God or anything, but or you know the afterlife. But uh, there is an afterlife in, our, in the campaign. And so I have implemented so that characters that have died, they go through a process. It's like a trial. 
and depending on their soul and how you know you know they're judged essentially to be either they can either be placed you know in a bad place or they can be reborn with their memories or without or they can be be reborn without the memories or just re, be reincarnated it's very it's actually a, it was a very cool like aspect cuz it was definitely during a point during your campaign where it was just like okay there's a few character like pretty much almost everybody in the party has at least lost a character. And so it's kind of like they're able to kind of come back and, you know, their character story isn't done yet. It's like they have died, but they're not done. And there is an opportunity. You gave them an opportunity to kind of keep going with this character that they, they either just, you know, recently gotten to know or the character that they've had for years. And that's actually, it's actually, is a very interesting process. Something that, so, something that I also, I mean, the, the, this is, I, I, I love talking about character death and all that stuff. Something that I found really interesting that someone GM'd for me in one game that I have adopted, we would kind of uh, this thread of like, what have you incorporated? Have adopted is giving the player the chance, um, if they, if, if if you know you've got a revivify spell, or it, if you're playing a TTRPG, if being resurrected is in the cards um, and, and the mechanics of the game, giving the player who died the decision if they want to come back or not, or is the soul willing? Dragon Ball Z rules, right? Is <laughs> I can't bring Goku back because he doesn't want to come back. Uh, <laughs> giving that option to the player is another is is once again another way for for people to process and. Um, and take control and take take ownership of their their character um that 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 agency putting it in the player's hands um especially when it comes to something as big as death very important ending and the beginning all part of the journey right speaking of ending of the journey i just wanted to touch with you guys um do we ever see ourselves not playing this game is this something we're going to keep playing until we're well into you know ah yeah i'm going to christian Towns. we got the virtual vr 3000 you know like or you know is it when we do our you know a couple campaigns are we done i just wanted to ask you has anyone thought of like oh i will be done or is this like just going to be with you guys till till we are done i just wanted to throw that as far as i'm concerned i think i'm going to keep playing as as long as there's time like i won't actively say oh i'm done you know but i i think i'm going to try to keep playing as time goes by but just go whenever you guys yeah, you want know to my dream being old on the on the porch with you guys playing board games you know yes. so uh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i wrote my grad school uh, <laughs> uh personal statement about dungeons and dragons and it got me into grad school so uh i don't oh, see yeah. oh my god what the yeah, fuck? yeah that's awesome <laughs> oh yeah Holy shit yeah, i gotta go to uh, grad school now do that yeah do it <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah i don't see myself stopping anytime soon yes I guess like any time like stopping like are we just talking like D and D or board games in particular? I mean, I would say the answer for me, at least for both, is like nah. Like just because I get old doesn't be, mean that becomes shit, you know. Anyone else for that matter? <laughs> like yeah, no, I'm definitely still down uh, to keep playing in the future. I think I think for me, it's I mean, obviously, same thing. Probably not going to stop playing, but it's just the the amount of uh, frequency of playing will probably go down as I search instead of. Um, instead of the amount of D and D I play, the quality of D and D I play, or not, not even just D and D. Again, TTRPGs. It's a whole industry. It's not just Dungeons and Dragons by Woods of the Coast. 
there's so many other productions out there. Um, but I see myself instead, um, far in the future, instead of being a player, being a GM, being sitting down at a table, um, doing stuff like this of educating newer and younger generations on, um, on, on topics of consent and safety and, and expanding out like how to be creative writer, because it's something that you, you put energy into and you can learn from, uh, folks who were successful in the past. It's, it's like writing a book just because fucking Shakespeare wrote a book, a book, um, and, and had all these techniques doesn't mean other people, um, can't learn from, 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 from different things. And so I, I, I see myself more as slowing down, really taking the time and, and effort to, to, uh, increase the quality, not necessarily the quantity of, uh, of the, the games that I play and then serving more into that mentor role, uh, me mentor and teacher role. Um, maybe hopefully, I don't know, this would be really cool to do as a professional thing, you know? Because people are already doing that, you know. Um, I think that would be really cool to step into. What's what's that term? If you build it, they will come. Field the dreams. Are you quoting Field the Dreams? The baseball. Is that words? I think, that I think that's works. yeah. Field the dreams. Look at me quoting things I don't know. Sports <laughs> balls. Sports balls. I guess for me, like the like short answer, no. Like because I feel like at least my my journey into just like the role-playing genre and just like tabletop games in general, I feel like it's just like got started. Cause like growing up, I didn't really have access to all of this stuff. Like I didn't, it's like, I didn't really hang out with many people when I was a lot younger. And it was, it really wasn't until like I met this friend group that really started like diving into just like, you know, D and D, just like tabletop, like games and all that, all, all that sort of mess, you know. And I, like, from what like Chris said, um, yeah, like probably over time it'll it'll you know decrease a little bit, but there's still gonna be, you know, even if it's just like hey, once once every few weeks or like once a month, and you just make it like a you know an anchor point, you know, it's like, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to make an effort and like, you know, try to just enjoy because there's no age limit on this. There shouldn't be an age limit on it. It's like, it should be for as long as you enjoy it, you should just do it. And it doesn't matter how often you do it. It doesn't matter how like less you do it. It's just the fact that you just want to do it. Hold on. And let me check the dungeon master's guide to see where the, if there is an age limit, let me just really quick. <laughs> if, if I'm kidding. If you if you cannot you know uh, roll you know six pairs of dice all at once, then you are out of the game and gone. It's like oh no, you've been banned from the DNT. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there's a really sweet, uh, I guess video podcast whatever called D and D RPG or A R P G D and D A A. RP, whatever the old, uh, that's not. No, you had it right. AARP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. They have like uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. retired senior citizens playing D and D, and it is so sweet. It's it's yeah, it's it's seniors playing yep. playing tabletop games. That's what I want to be when I. That's so cool. What, what I'm saying. And they play. They don't just play. Oh, I'm looking. I'm just sorry. I'm googling. Uh, they don't just play Dungeons and Dragons. They they expand out to uh, to different things like 
there's a there, there's a system out there called Mothership, which is meant for sci-fi horror. So I that's oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah. That's really dope. D and D A A R P G. I'm gonna check that out. Thanks for letting me know about that. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of um. I, I see once in a while on the cesspool that is Reddit, someone will share on Destiny that like their grandpa has you know, on a nightfall they've they've used the super weapon they've done a raid and they're like seventy years old they show these old people doing these like really I think hard activities which is really cool, so it's it's awesome to see that you know now we're in this age of gaming and games and it's cool it's popular whatever that. It's going to be well into our I just want to say this. Nothing fills years. me with more joy than scrolling on TikTok and then finding a video where it's like grandma aces headshot in Call of Duty Warzone. Yes. And it's so, and she's like, it's like, oh boy. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, just like recently, just like seeing just like more people just be involved in what we thought was like, oh, this is like a, a kid slash like mid 20s, you know, world. Like, no, it's like and people then, love this shit. And then the grandma's just there, like, the MP4 is shit. It's all about the P90. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you call that a good kit? <laughs> Boom, headshot. Oh. <laughs> uh. I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait for we get to that point in time. Mm-hmm. I, I was rocket jumping while you were in diapers, Shunny. <laughs> Spree, fucking die already! <laughs> Fifty years. <laughs> nah, my ex, he's one. He's one. Spree, eternal. One shot in the building. <laughs> I. I think. Uh, I think we've. we've We've done pretty good with our with our topics today. We've hit some heavy stuff, some light stuff, and I just wanted to end it. If if you can think of an epic moment, whether you were DMing or you were part of, and we'll part with that. Let's start. We'll go uh, backwards. We'll go Anzi and Matt. Then we'll go to Christian, Adam, Brian, That's and then me. Was catching me off guard with some of these questions. Right. So, is it best and worst moments? An epic moment. It it could be best. Could be worst. When you were part of, oh when man, you like, there's so many, but I guess I mean, hey, people mentioned it earlier, so I think this is a highlight for Omega Dreads, where we were kind of like solo dude down on the beach shores, and you just you rolled fanatically, where you're on a you're on a little dinghy and you're rowing your boat, and you see just these two you know, shadowy figures uh, swimming through the waters beneath you, and you see them getting larger and darker because they're approaching you. You're like, oh no. And you asked me, you know, can I do this and this? I'm like, well, man, let's see what you got. Do the rolls. And you rolled like 18 plus on everything. So this is like major success. Omega Dreads, he's a, he's a Tauren, or he's a Minotaur. And so he jumps on one side of the boat. Where he's able to flip it up in the air, catch it over his head, and he slams it down to one of the shadows and just decimates one of the shadowy figures. And <laughs> it just drifts away. The shadow disappears in a pool of its blood. Uh, so it's just like knockout. You know, you didn't even have to fight that deal. Uh, so that was pretty epic. I, was, I just didn't expect that. I was like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Um, uh, it's a tie. So I mentioned this last time between, or it came up between uh, the 
Honey Heist where Fernando was a sun bear god and there was like the whatever drift compatible bears and they were having like some mecha monster fight. I think oh, I don't even remember how Sarah it and I. It was what? That was Sarah and I becoming the mecha bear. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just, uh, and me and Nate too. So did not expect any of that to happen and for that all to just be there was amazing. Uh, it's tied with the Wizard of Oz, which is dead, where they like all went on a murder spree against like the Scarecrow, the uh, Tin Man, the Lion, and Dorothy, and uh, other stuff I probably shouldn't mention because it's not as appropriate. But <laughs> I don't know. Were any of you for that? Oh, you still? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> very nice, very nice. Okay, oh, so for for the for 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 people listening, it looks like a bear with a mask on that looks so like so scarecrow? so what it was i was a i was a badger and sarah was a gigantic i don't know brown bear or something and we stole clothes from a human we essentially just took their clothes and we put i put the clothes over me sarah's bear had no clothes on it but we were pretending to be a human to get into the theme park and so you just kind of stacked each other. So it's like you have yep. a somewhat human and then a bear body. Exactly. It's so ridiculous, but good times. <laughs> uh, I think for one of my epic moments, this is this is actually. I mean, I get like the. I'm gonna go to a very recent one that just is the first one that came to mind. Um, our. The home game that I that I GM, they are currently on an airship, and they quickly figured out that they don't have enough fuel, not the, to 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 stay afloat. Um, and so we are in between sessions, but the cliffhanger was them plummeting to the ground, uh, and and leaving off on that cliffhanger, and everyone was just like, it was was hands in their head like, what is happening? What are we gonna do? But I gave them a, a week to think about it. And I think I think like everyone after that was just uh, uh, hearts pounding and, and and going right into the session coming up in in our in, um, I think I think our session is tomorrow um, coming up they're gonna have all these solutions and, and and scrambling and all that stuff while a giant airship is plummeting a mile above the sky to the ground and so I want to see what they're up to, what what they're up to but that that's just the 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 one that comes to me in recent memory. I think, uh, well, it's not my character, but, you know, Joel will know my favorite character of his is Wizzle Bizzle. And uh, I think I can't choose a moment, but all of his existence is great. And so much that, you know, I tried to keep him alive. So uh, all of his exploits, including, you know, trying to pretend to be a paladin uh, to even though he was a warlock, you know, to I don't know. He was actually he was smart. You know, he figured out how to get past guards and things instead of just fight them. Those damn cultists never saw me coming. I was <laughs> under a foot tall. Yeah, uh, those adventures are great. Um, Fernando was Adara and did kill <laughs> Wizzle Bizzle. He tried very hard to keep me alive, but he just he's literally <laughs> pelting me at the end of the fucking game. <laughs> the encounter is like hitting me with fireballs. Rest Hated in power, Wizzle Bizzle. Um, I know last time we talked, um, 
I kind of mentioned an epic moment from just D&D. So I'm going to kind of flip the script a little bit and go back to an HVZ moment that I thought was really cool. It was the last game that I captained, and it was a kind of like pirate curse, like Treasure Island themed um, like campaign or like kind of like game. Um, and I had... Um, Fernando be my uh, cursed pirate captain and basically the whole point of the game was that you know the human characters had to figure out how to stop the curse so they can leave the island that they got stranded on and they had to you know collect all their resources you know repair their ship and then get ready for like the final battle in order to escape and what I had them do was I had in a way to mock up a a ship fight. And so you had the human team at, like manning the cannons on their ship. And then you had like kind of like from the scene from Pirates of the Caribbean, you had the zombie team kind of doing the the underwater march. And like they're mar- they're marching slowly towards the humans and they they're trying to, you know, keep them at bay and keep making sure that they don't like rip their ship apart. And so the pirate captain um, he had to fight um, the player that was deemed captain for their crew. And so him him and the player are just like, you know, doing a sword fight, going at it. And, you know, Fernando is just kind of like blocking moves and, you know, dashing. And literally, as this is happening, there's still the fight with the other crew and the other zombies in the background while this is happening. So it's literally this multi-staged fight going on at the same time in in person and it literally got to the point where the crew only had one member left and was getting surrounded by zombies and uh the pirate captain and their captain were fighting and just one split second the player character just kind of goes in for like a a fencing lunge and just hits the pirate captain killing him right as all the zombies are literally like right next to the other player characters surrounding them. But it was like, then the curse was lifted and all the zombies just like fell brittle bones. And it was just like, and the mate, like I couldn't have planned, like hoped for anything better. It was just like amazing thing that what literally it was like a movie, like just watching literally everything happening, just like all at once. And uh, so I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. <laughs> that is like good a good You were, yeah, you were, you're the director, you know, you were the DM of, and that game was definitely one of the, one of the tops that we've done over the years. Um, I had a lot of fun playing as that the skeletal captain. Um, to put in more, a little bit more detail <laughs> on the receiving end of that final blow, it wasn't so much of a fencing maneuver, what... We had hit points each, right? Me and the opposing human captain. And it was like first to... Whoever got like hit three times first was out. And and I was losing. (laughs) And so what I did, Adam was moderating. And so what I did as a devious captain do, um, (laughs) it was supposed to be melee only. I had... um, 
I I hid a, a nerf blaster in my That's britches. Right. And <laughs> so I pulled it out and I shot the human player. So that, that was a tick. And I had a hat and I had like fake chain links across myself. And I disrobed myself and I threw them at the character. <laughs> and then I swiped them across his chest. Um, but at the end, so it was two to two and down to it. And I'm out of tricks. I'm out of my cheats. And I tried to do like a low sweep, but I kind of do like a misstep. And so I had to catch myself for a second, but that second was all that the enemy needed. And the enemy, there's a video of it. Brian can share it to you later. Someone has it. It exists. But it was just, he just lunged back, like just a big old swing and brought that sword down. You can hear that, that smack <laughs> across the freaking courtyard. And that's when everything's just like, pfft, everything shattered. So it was just like that. It was so dynamic. It was so much fun. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, usually headshots aren't allowed, but we allowed it. Oh, I allowed the hell out of it. <laughs> I think we're due for a uh, HVZ like slash LARP talk in the future. So, uh, I see this passion emerging. I think uh, we'll have to head there next with some of our friends here. Epic moment I remember, Fernando. One of the first times uh, we had a character death. Um, we had to. There's this oncoming horde coming through a oh, portal, yeah. and we had to fight and fight and fight. This is when we did 4E. We were at your house. And um, there was this big, I don't remember his name. You'll probably correct me. This I'll big, like, dragon motherfucker. And he was like, he was like, drag, he was like a centaur, essentially, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But one of our friends was like, the horde is coming. I'll go and stop him or slow him down. And um, I was like, really, like, in it. I was like, you know, we got to gotta retreat this isn't it we we need to he said like he kind of hinted like this is an oncoming like horde onslaught we have to retreat he's like no i'm gonna hold them off and this is like the first time we experienced like a character death you like he tried to fight him and it was like a clear level advantage um there were some i i don't remember if there were bad roles but like you handled it well in like a reasonable way that we agreed on like you killed the oh, character yeah. like he was impaled and it was like made like a like an example of like you do not fuck with this guy and i was like go like run through the portal like it's like you know he gave us time to go and it was like that was like oh my god that was like a heart-wrenching moment to see this character fall and we just barely oh like i feel like we barely got out we if we had more time didn't feel like it but that was like an epic like moments i experienced with that yeah that's that shenron we ever had oh, shenron. <laughs> Yeah, which gave birth to... Uh, I'm actually going to talk about that. No, Drosgar. Yes. Uh, do you remember oh, the name uh, of that character? The dragon? No, 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 Valorak. The, the, yeah, the, the centaur dragon king. Yeah. <laughs> Alarak. I see. I told you you remember. Um, connection. So Adam wasn't for this dragon battle, but we went to this, like, dragon lair that hatchlings. We had to stop, you know, we had to stop... Her name is Anixia from, like, uh, World of Warcraft. But we had to stop Anixia and the dragons that were birthing. Uh, we didn't have our, you know, our OP paladin that day, so it was literally like we had to. It was like down to the wire. I felt, but also the boss was missing. There was like four quadrants, and we were just lucky a lot. Um, again, the uh, a sacrifice play by the dragonkin who was reborn, and he was like tossed with like a bunch of we like we loaded him up with explosives <laughs> and tossed into like the egg room but before he, you know was you know ex he basically exploded his little ex explosives but he stopped like that room from dragons coming out and like overwhelming us 
And that was, I just felt it was like an epic moment. Like he did the sacrifice play again to ensure our survival. <laughs> but, you know, my character was fucked up. And <laughs> we, the, the joke we kept making was Rosgar with Shenron, you know, because they're both dragon kin. And it's like, oh, when he died, like that was the best Shenron <laughs> we ever had. You know, he just he exploded with the the eggs when we've had this giant epic dragon battle. Um, yeah, just two from the WoW campaign, and there's way more, of course, that I've shared with you guys, and hopefully we'll share with more of you in the future. Um, just these these great moments, I think, that Hell keep yeah. us coming back. Hell, yeah. But yeah, I think that is a good place to end. We. Again, like we hit so many great topics. Um, some I think we're more experienced in some fields than others, and it shows. And I think it's important to bring all those opinions to the table, and of course, bring the two DMs who uh, kind of nurtured and gave way to wait the style I do. And I'm still learning from all of you guys, which is great. Like I have so many more tools to bring to the table, and I'm glad to enhance the game even more. Before we go, this is your time to plug whatever you got going on or anything you would like to say so we'll just go in the same order we're going so we'll go uh fonzie uh matt christian esprit enemy if you have anything to plug this but this is your uh, moment to say anything before we go. uh let's see well i mean we're we're getting close to winding down in our blackwing lair we got three bosses left to do so whew, that's kind of exciting uh, probably gonna be Jesus. Just everyone's busy nowadays, right? Like, was, so <laughs> um, just we'll have see to make time. I know, man. It's like holiday season; things are happening, but it's okay. Uh, as far as plugs, I mean, I'm a guest. I don't have a channel. I don't have a Twitch channel. I mean, you can find me on Xbox. Play Sea of Thieves. That's fun. Also, hey, Sea of Thieves cosmetics drop today. It's Halloween spooky time, so it's cool. Uh, <laughs> other than that. Uh, I guess next up, Matt, go ahead. Uh, maybe I'll get into Sea of Thieves someday. Maybe. <gasps> oh, yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> you made it excited. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't really have much of a social media presence, but if you want to follow me, I have um, a music Instagram. It's at Kitty Music. And, yeah, that's about it. Uh... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, you go. Oh no, I was gonna say I have no social media presence. I don't play that many video games, so uh, I plug you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and in contrast, hey. I'm in way too many things. Um, <laughs> when just really quick, when does the, when does this go live? When does this air? This will most likely go live uh, the twenty sixth. The twenty sixth. Okay. Cool. Yes. Never mind. I have a, I just had a few projects coming up, but this will ha have already aired. Um, but you could probably go check out those VODs. Um, the uh, uh, popular graphic novel Chew has a TTRPG um, about about to go to Kickstarter, and I'm going to be playtesting um, that on stream on uh, the 27th. So that VOD is going to be available somewhere. Um, I'll provide that link once it's available. Um, and on the uh, the nineteenth, there is a if you enjoy sports and sports anime and and all, and all that stuff, uh, Play Ball is a new TTRPG system by an indie creator, Ro Caulfield, uh, uh, that lets you live out if you're a big fan of uh, a baseball and uh, and again sports anime is like high Q free all that stuff. This is a TTRPG that is designed to create a story and uh, replicate those moments. And I'm going to be playtesting that for their Kickstarter as well. 
Um, but as for regular shows that aren't related to time and uh, and all these different things, you can catch me on Roads Uncharted, the first gen- uh, first actual play Genesis, first actual play podcast set in the Genesis system by Fantasy Flight Games. Um, it's it's it, everywhere, everywhere you can find your favorite podcast. Um, Revenge of the Crit currently on hiatus, but we are going to be uh, coming back fairly soon. And but I think by the time uh, this episode airs, we might be back to our regularly scheduled um, streams Wednesdays uh, in the evening. And Revenge of the Crit is a D and D game skinned for the Star Wars universe. So much fun! I play a Chiss. So you know, like Thrawn. You know, everyone knows Thrawn, the blue skin, the red eyes. I play. Uh, uh, I play a member of that race and uh instead of being a admiral i'm a sniper um yeah yeah um and then uh beyond that i, I don't know my my twitter is at the kappa chris and i post all my projects on there i tweet about just random shit i rant about fucking uh marvel editor-in-chief impersonating a japanese man to get japanese uh, get gigs and write stories as a uh, as a Japanese person, uh, uh, we were talking about that earlier before the oh, show, yeah. and I'm very angry. And uh, I, I, uh, you know, th- that's the kind of stuff you can expect from me on Twitter. Um, sometimes I f- play video games on Twitch.tv/slash Kappa Chris. Yeah, right now we're for the month of October. I'm playing through Control and Stories Untold. And every Thursday, uh, my girlfriend Amy and our friend Jeremy play Halo Two. Both of these people are not that great at shooters, but they love. That they, they, they've been enjoying the Halo story so far. And so I kind of backseat game along with our friend Anson. Um, but that's about it. Um, I'm I, again a little bit too much, and I've got a lot of other projects coming up that I can't talk about just yet. So again, twitter.com slash the Kappa Chris is where you can find all the updates on what I'm up to. Hell yeah. And and I just wanna I just wanna from a user perspective, um I haven't met your character yet in Revenge of the Crypt, but I have been uh, catching up. Oh and shit! Really? Hell yeah! I have. It's I've been blasting it like during work, and it's so much fun. Like Thank legit. Thank you. Oh my I, goodness, where are I you can't, at? Um, I've o- I've only gone to um about I've only gone to like episode two so far. I've just like I've just started, so it's it's Perfect. cool that I'm able. I have that breathing room to kind of catch up. Heck yeah! But but legit like. If you're just a fan of Star Wars, or if you're just a fan of just like a fun story, just like go wa- go on YouTube, just go watch it. We'll have the link, you know, for everything. Just like you, you'll be surprised at what you can find on the internet that is just enjoyable. You know, I'm so, so, I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. That th- like e- even though my character's not in it, it's such a really fun story that t- like is based on the canon. But like we we branch off. So just a heads up, we branch off from canon. Um, but still it's a lot of fun and you get to see really cool voice actors in it. So I'm, 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 I'm so happy that, that, that you're, that you're, um, experiencing it. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as, as far as I go, um, anybody listening, you guys know, um, Brian Saber and Saber with the RE you can find that anywhere on Twitter, Instagram, um, Twitch. Um, I guess some updates, Twitch is coming back um uh aiming for november ish around there um i had i had a little trouble trying to like figure out like what i want my direction to go but i have a plan and i hope to see some 
friendly faces and some maybe new faces there. I would have looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, as far as that, um, Joel, why don't you uh, take the floor? Hello. Um, as I've said before, you can find me on Twitter under Acoustic Avenger. The I is a one. Uh, I also make music under the pseudonym Mad Mech Monster Mind. Go check that on Spotify, SoundCloud, and also on TikTok. My, my, my Mad Mech Monster Mind, I think. It's a mouthful. If you can, cool. If you don't, cool. Um, also, if you have any pressing questions, opinions, things that you don't like about Pacific Rim or Gundam, send those emails to us. Where? At unitedwenerdcast at gmail.com. What? You don't like the Mandalorian? Tell me why. At what's the email? Me? Because I have to remember it every time. Unitedwenerdcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter under twitter.com slash united underscore we nerd. Uh, you'll find me retweeting it. So if you find my page or you find Brian's page, you'll definitely find United We Nerd where, uh, where we will post upcoming things we like, um, images, our newly uh, posted podcast. Find us there. Hell yeah. No, I just wanted to end on a note. Do the pandemic. We've been, I don't know if we mentioned it last time, we've been stuck in a dungeon for like two years. So I almost want to put this mindset into some of my characters like, we've, We've been here for so long. We need to leave forever. <laughs> Please. Oh, no, I'm beginning to like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yes, we'd like to thank everyone, of course, who came by today and returned. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure chatting about the nerdy things we love, of course. Keep nerding, y'all. <laughs>